Okay, you guys, I'm going to give you guys a little forward first on this episode. I'm fangirling out as we speak. I promise you this episode will not reek. Um, You're not going to go whatever. You will maybe think to yourself, I know what you're thinking. Is this like a Noxzema commercial? But trust me, it's not. Uh, Today, we have the amazing... Uh, actress Elisa Donovan joining us. Amber from Clueless is here, and I'm fangirling out so much. We're going to get into it. We're going to be talking about what it was like working on Clueless, what it was like uh, revisiting her character of Amber for the Rakuten Super Bowl commercial that went crazy viral, and we're going to be talking about her book that is available now, Wake Me When You Leave, available in bookstores, and there's also an audiobook. So, Guys, enjoy this episode. I loved every minute of it, and I know you will too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I am joined today by the one, the only. She's an author. She's an actress. She's a mother. But more importantly, she is my new best friend, Elisa Donovan. (laughs) How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. You know, I did walk over here, which I, I was reminded once again that no one walks in Los Angeles. <laughs> we are staying not far from here. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just walk with my family. And as I mentioned, they got in my hair and got me very frazzled. So I left them behind. But um, <laughs> I did. It's I realized no one walks in L.A., but I'm happy that I walked like eight blocks. Well, I'm glad you did uh, today because the past couple of weeks you would have been swept out to sea. Oh my goodness. <sighs> what is happening? I don't right? know. It snowed. It's, <laughs> it's, I was on a I hike. Know. I was getting all these videos from friends snow. I'm like, this is just, it's so weird. I was on a hike insane. and like maybe a couple clouds in the sky and, mm-hmm. but blue and chilly. And then like snow flurries came down it's and I'm like, bananas. no, it is just crazy. Well, I want to say thank you for being here. It is an early morning. Um, We couldn't take this at the Comedy Store today because the Chris Rock live uh, telethon is happening (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) So if you want to donate to Chris Rock, he really needs the help. (laughs) He Um, does. He really needs the resources. But um, I feel like I manifested this because a couple years ago... um, uh, Clueless celebrated its 25th anniversary. Yes. And which, how are we still 30? I have no idea. I know. It's, it's a magical, <laughs> we're magical beings. It's so weird. <laughs> and I remember we were, uh, I was doing this podcast and we were talking about Clueless and we're going to talk about Clueless because, I mean, because. And not. I was like, oh, I, I have to, I want to meet Elisa so bad because, um, you were my favorite in Clueless. Aww. Like I'm wearing a shirt right now with, you know, Sharon Dion yeah, on it. I notice not me, but that's Not okay. you, but right. I always <laughs> identified as an Amber. And yeah. I still identify as an she, Amber. Me too, me too. My pronouns are he, him, it, <laughs> and, and Amber. And Amber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like, okay, so this movie came out in 1995, directed by Amy Heckerling. The brilliant genius, Amy Heckerling. And I actually watched it yesterday again just because oh, it's just, yes, it's just so, and it just still just lives up. Yes. To everything. I think it does. I haven't seen it in a bunch of years now. I've only, 
I've seen it an embarrassingly low amount of times, uh, according to a lot of people. Really? <laughs> I think I've only seen it three times. Or really? Yes. The whole time? Yes. Um, but we, I hosted a screening at uh, the Mondrian a few years back, and that was the first time I had seen it in, you know, many, many years. And I said to my girlfriend that I brought, I'm like, it really holds up. Like, this is a good movie. And it does. Said, yeah. That's why people keep watching yeah. it. Well, and it's it's just, it's one of those movies that like back in the 90s was like such a thing because they took classic stories and like novels, literature, and, yes. and Clueless is yes. based off of Jane Emma. Austen's Emma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... When you're a kid and, you know, you have to read these books in school and like even in Clueless, it's like, oh, I had this quote. Where did you get it? Cliff Notes. Remember, I was like, oh, yeah, Cliff Notes, like for sure. So it's like that was the thing. It's like, I don't want to read Emma. Let's just watch Clueless. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, (laughs) But like I, I, I was watching it last night and I was just like, oh, my God, this still holds up. It's just a classic tale, but it's just done in Beverly Hills. And I remember being a kid in Texas and this movie came out and I remember being so obsessed with it. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm, mind you, I was straight. Okay. In, I know. Hard to believe. In past, past life. In 1995. And I went to a private school and I had a locker that I <laughs> turned into a clueless locker. Oh my gosh. In high school, like a freshman mm-hmm. and like open mm-hmm. the locker and there was like pictures of Elise Silverstone. There was red beads. Uh-huh. And boas. <laughs> and boas. And boas. I love it. <laughs> and I dated girls. And you and, dated girls. Um, and they thought, gosh, she's got a great locker. She <laughs> who's <a> great <laughs> What female is uh, locker is this? I'm like, that's Justin's. Oh, okay, great. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, I'm trying to even comprehend, like, what was that like? Like, well, how did you audition for this role? Like, how did it come into play? Because yes. I want to get into, like, the good, juicy, the, like, uh, So deets. I had just moved from New York and where I had was in acting school in college and moved to L.A., and within a couple of weeks, I got a job in this sitcom, Blossom. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, with Joey Lawrence and, and mm-hmm. Mayim uh, Bialik? And uh, so they loved the chemistry between Joey and I. I was playing like his love interest. So they wrote me in to another episode. And at the same time, I was auditioning for Clueless. But I kept going in. I mean, the audition process was lengthy. Really? For me, yes. I, I mean, I think I went in like seven times, six oh, wow. times. And, you know, you start first with the casting director then the casting director and maybe one of the producers, then a few of the producers, then down the line in the end, it was the first time I think I had been on the Paramount lot, mm-hmm. which is so intimidating because it's such an old Hollywood lot and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful and there's so much history there. And I remember going feeling like if I don't, like if I can just park my car, I, if I can just not hit something or do, I was so nervous and um, went to Scott Rudin's office and it was Scott and Amy. I think the last time I read was for Scott and Amy and Twink Kaplan, who was one of the producers as mm-hmm. well. And, who and misguised. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they, you know, those situations are rarely pleasant. I mean, the audition process is like the one of the worst things. And it has really nothing to do with acting on a set. So it's it's just always pretty painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in this instance, you always remember the times when it's pleasant because they are respectful and Amy is so warm and you know you 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 felt as though they wanted you to succeed as opposed to wanting you to prove that you can't do it you Mm -hmm. know um so it was a 
lengthy. And then I was flying home to see my family in New York. And then I found out when I got home that I got the job and I was ecstatic. And, and I had to stop doing Blossom, which was... Beat it, Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to be in a pop culture, yeah. like iconic movie. <laughs> um, did you originally go in for Amber? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was the one. Yep. I don't think that, that I read for anyone else. I think... I think it was, oh, yeah, I think it was always Amber. Mm-hmm. And was there like a chemistry test with Alicia they and Stacy? Um, we did a hair and makeup test uh-huh. after we were all cast. And um, that's when they cut my super short bangs. And because I had like long, just very girly hair. Mm-hmm. And um, they just wanted her to have, you know, more of an edge to her. So uh. they cut the heavy short bang. I remember going to my agent's office afterwards, and they were like, who, who are you here to see? You know, I was like, it's me. I, am. <laughs> I just surprise. have surprise. <laughs> I have bangs now. Yeah. <laughs> that is so wild because I, I feel like, and I don't know what it is. I just remember like just watching Clueless and just for me, just the comedic relief. Like, you feel yes. so bad for Amber because she's trying so hard I to know. fit in. I, and she I, really is. She wants to be liked. <laughs> she, But she is liked. Right. Because at the beginning, you guys are all like, you know, hanging out by the pool and I laughing. <laughs> and you all go to the same parties. Yeah. yeah. But then everyone's just kind of so mean Yeah, her. she's like the friend that you have, but you're not really sure why you still hang out with them. Yeah. And then that's why in the, the when we did the series, it became, well, we have to figure out like what is amber like we have to incorporate her more because mm-hmm. she's really i was in the show a lot more and they had to figure out how to navigate that of this person who and then you like learn more about her family oh so her her parents are not that great to her you know you kind of get all the the, the origin story yes the origin that's story what, of amber yeah that's what we need <laughs> i mean and also she was just she would she's that friend in high school i feel like she would have your back and tell it to you like it is. Yes. And I mean, yes. that's, the, yeah. I think that everybody needs what, and she was so, uh, I, the parts of her that I identify with are the nonconformist. Like she's doing her own thing. 1000%. She, and also she is like, her wardrobe <laughs> expresses how she feels and what her commentary is for the day. You yeah. Know? I think so, she had the best fashion oh, out of the entire thing. That was really, really fun. That became such a, because obviously you go through lengthy fittings and they the Mona May and Lisa Evans who did the costumes were extraordinary but it would they would always be building on it so mm-hmm. I would have the fitting and they'd have the outfit and then they would say oh wait we need to add like an extra this or do something with the hair and incorporate so it was always building on what they had already created and mm-hmm. we laughed so hard like we had so much fun <laughs> did it you really have a favorite was... outfit from the <laughs> from um, the movie I don't know which one. I loved the military one. I don't even remember if it that was in the movie because there are so many things that then get cut with uh-huh. the outfits. And Bill Pope, the um, the DP, the cinematographer, who was so wonderful, who also shot the commercial that we just shot. So that was yes, a, yeah, a we'll get into that in a minute. Thing. But he would always be trying to get, even if I didn't have lines in the scene, he would be saying, "All right, just get like." scoot over a little more so that we're seeing you because it's so amazing what she's wearing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, I feel like just the fashion alone, the hair extensions when, oh when, uh, Ty <laughs> comes to school, the, the infamous, like my balls can't fly yeah. at my face. There goes your social life. So many like innuendos that like as yes. a teenager, like just went right over mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Christian being gay, like, didn't even, I was like, oh, he likes Spartacus. What's that about? Right. But she called it Sporadicus or something <laughs> like that. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, just, and, and again, that honesty in the classroom, we were like, hello, was I the only one listening? <laughs> I thought it Like her raked. outrage where she's like, I actually did the assignment. Uh, I did the research. <clears throat> this Yahoo is uh-huh. just not even, like, why does everyone like her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have one of the best. My favorite moment in the entire movie is when you guys are at the Valley party and you guys, you and Alicia, (laughs) you and Cher are walking into the party and she accuses you of wearing the dress she wore yesterday. Right. And she said, and you said like, I would ever shop at Judy's. And she says, are you a fashion victim or, or, or something else? And you don't even say anything. You just literally just look at her and go, ah, yeah. And just walk away every time for the past 27 years. You're, that you're... part just cracks me <laughs> up. Now, she was so fun. When that came out, like, were you guys, I mean, what a what a weird time and crazy time, I would think, like, in the 90s on Sunset in Los Angeles. Like, what, what was that like? It just... was, I mean, it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I, you know, I don't know anything different. I didn't know anything different. I felt like... We did this great movie, and I could tell when we we went to a test screening, Alicia, Paul, Justin, Donald, and I, and um, we sat in the back, you know, before the film opened, so it's a a test audience of, you know, the target age Mm -hmm. people, and we sat in the back, and I went, oh my gosh, Alicia, you're going to be very famous, you know, I said, this is a really good film, and it's super fun, and really intelligent and so everything changed very quickly Mm -hmm. like it was it was amazing you know I think now there are there's just so much more content and so many films and television shows to watch that you can you can be doing a show for five years and no one half of the country hasn't seen it because they've been watching the other 400 shows you know where I think at that time these these projects made such an imprint on people and Like, everyone saw that movie, except for my husband, just for the record. What? Still? My husband still has not seen it. And now he's, I'm like, it's fine. (laughs) We've moved on. Yeah, we've moved on. (laughs) We've moved on. Wow. Yeah. But kind of hot, right? You know? Oh, you haven't seen my movie? Yeah, Yeah. he hasn't. No. When we met, he said, uh, you know, what do you do? And I said, oh, I work in entertainment. Oh, okay, like, what do you on what? Well, yeah, I'm, you know, an actress, and oh, I, you know, what have you been in? Anything that I've seen? And I said, I mean, maybe, you know. And then I said, this movie, Clueless, and he said, Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. And then I said, Oh, I did this other movie called A, a Night at the Roxbury. Mm-hmm. He said, Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. And then I started to be like, Hey, guess what? Like, I have a real career. Yeah, like, thank I'm like, you. People like me, and I've been doing this for a long time, and I was like rattling off all the things that I had done. And then I said, oh, I also, you know, years ago did Beverly Hills 90210. And he went, oh, Ginger. 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 Like he knew the name of my character. Yeah. And I went, you guys, like all of his college buddies, they would watch 90210. Ginger LaMonica. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, if that's just not a Beverly Hills exactly. 90210 name. <laughs> Here comes oh, Ginger LaMonica, everyone. Ginger. She is a ballsy one also. Yeah. Now, yeah, let's get into this. You just had a, a huge uh, Super Bowl commercial that just came out <laughs> uh, for Rakuten. Am I saying it right? Rakuten? Rakuten. I just like to roll the R. I like that you're making it far Rakuten. fancier and 
perhaps a little more spicy than it is at Rakuten. Uh huh. Yes. And you were with Alicia again mm-hmm. uh, in um, uh, Mr. Hall's classroom. Yes. Um, doing the debate scene. <laughs> what I mean, what was that like? Especially like coming in with like a whole bunch of you know Gen Z kids. Right, right. That was honestly. I mean, I keep saying it was surreal because it really was to be to revisit those characters as grownups first mm-hmm. of all, and then to feel like it was not even remotely difficult for mm-hmm. me to get back into that character and the same for Alicia and I'm looking it over at her going like I can't like what are we doing here like out of body experience yeah for sure and then Bill behind the camera and he was so funny when I walked on set he's like geez you haven't changed your clothes in 30 years you know like he was it was very funny and uh it was really fun it was and it was such a perfect marriage because Rakuten is a shopping app Mm -hmm. and it curates all of the stores and then you get money back for shopping which is I mean who doesn't love that? Who doesn't want that? I yeah. mean, Amber would have been all over that. Yeah. So uh, it just seemed like the perfect. It was super clever and like just the great a great marriage. Yeah, I remember when I think uh, they released the first images of like Alicia, and then everyone's like, "Oh my God, there's going to be like a share. There's going to be like a coolest yeah. reboot. Oh my God, it's happening. Would you thought, do one? Everybody thought it was going to be. A I know. I mean, something. that's what because they're talking about doing like uh, <clears throat> Mean Girls to like have them all come back. Oh yeah. And I was like, maybe we do. Like, can we do like you a know, coolest it's reboot? It's really up, obviously up to Amy Heckerling, mm-hmm. and I think she has been approached so many times to do that, and I, I, I don't, I don't know how she. I haven't seen her in uh, a bunch of years but I know that historically I think she felt like it was so perfect the mm-hmm. way it was that I, I I think she hasn't necessarily wanted to do that and even the series you know we did the series for three years and uh, many of us from the film and Amy was the showrunner for the first year and I think that it's just like television was not her medium mm-hmm. and I think she didn't enjoy it and she wasn't happy with and then she turned it over to um Tim O'Donnell, who really is a, a half-hour TV guy, and he was terrific. But I feel like it just wasn't her thing. And maybe they did a, the Broadway show also um, for a short time. Oh, the, like, uh, unauthorized? But, was that the unauthorized one? Well, I think – I remember the they musical? wanted – they asked, like, invited me to come to the – I couldn't – I couldn't go. But uh, – so I don't – I don't think it was a full run, but I do think that Amy was involved in that mm-hmm. because I don't know how – um, I think she would have to be because it was so, yeah probably yeah I think she would have to be there should be definitely like a clueless on Broadway but I mean I think we would all do it if if Amy you know wanted to for sure and yeah. so yeah because you I read somewhere that the the it was originally supposed to be a TV series that could have just been clickbait I don't know but then they um, ended up doing the movie and then it went to the then, TV show that sounds familiar mm-hmm. I feel like that could be accurate and it's that, so, right so then when we did the series it was like she just went back to kind of what like the high, I, like during the familiar. high school yeah yes i'm not sure but that sounds like that could be right. but without alicia silverstone in it right right in the series was that yes. weird i mean yeah that's so long ago it's hard yeah. to tell but uh, yes i think it was hard for rachel who is lovely and yeah. beautiful and looks so much like alicia um those are very tough shoes to fill you know but um we had a great time on the series. It was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, we really had a, a good time. But. I actually have a really funny story about that show. Oh, really? Yeah. 
because Tell I don't me. know if you remember this or not, <laughs> but um, there was an episode where there was a young boy um, who you have a scene with. And at the end of the scene, he says, I, th- I think it's like he has a crush on you, on Amber. He has a crush on Amber's character. And he says, like, oh, well, maybe when I'm a little older, I'll hit you up. And you look at him, and you Amber's character knows that he is going to be gay. And, right. and, and, and Amber says, mm, I don't think so, kid. Right. <laughs> and now that kid has grown up. Yes. And is one of my best friends. Blake, Blake. right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. I remember this so... I reached out to him because he he's partners with uh, Emerson, right? Yeah, Emerson. So yeah. I know them. Emerson and I went to school together as well. I know? I know them through... Um, not through Tom Sestaro, but um, who, Scott Nevins. Oh, I yeah, think. Scott. And Scott, I know through Tom. And so I met them at, like at a Christmas a holiday thing mm-hmm. a bunch of years ago. And then... As time went on, I went, wait a second. (laughs) I know this guy. And I found like there was a Polaroid that I had of him. And he like had my wig on or Oh, uh, probably. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) oh my God, it was amazing. And I just went, this is incredible. Because I remember that episode so clearly. Uh It was so much fun. And I remember thinking, I'm like, this is not a straight person. And you know, it's... Which is which is so great, right? Yeah. And I think his dad or his parents mm-hmm. all cool. Yeah. They're all cool yeah. with it, right? Bill and I remember, Susie, yeah. I remember whichever I don't recall if it was his dad or his mom that was there because you had to probably have his somebody. mom, big stage um, mom. And they were so whoever was there was just you know she seemed more. I guess it was his mom that was there. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking because we I've worked with a lot of kids and sometimes you just go, oh God bless this <laughs> child, like. These parents are going to ruin their Oh, life, oh, you know? for sure. Um, and I didn't feel that way about his, <laughs> his grown-up. I mean, he was, was little. I mean, he's still. He was so into it. He It was so clear how much he loved performing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. He still he does. It. Like, he got to start on Star Search, went to Full House. Yes. He was in The Little Rascals. Right, right. And then, and then you outed him on national television. So, because <laughs> he was like, Amber she knew. <laughs> She knew. Um, that's so funny. Okay. Well, let's get in. You have a book. Yes, I want to talk about the book. I actually want to read this book because it just sounds fantastic. Um, it's called Wake will. Me Up. Wake Me When You Wake Leave. Wake Me When You Leave. Mm-hmm. Um, came out last June. Sold out in three days on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Huge the accomplishment. The first day on Amazon. And then it, but you know, then it. Okay, humble brag. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's available. Please it's go avail- buy it. Yeah. What, now, what was, what was this? What was it like? Were you just like, I'm just going to write a book or like? No. So okay. basically my whole life fell apart and then a lot of really bad stuff happened and then I got through it and then I wrote a book. Okay. So. <laughs> Long and short of it. Tale as no. old as time. Uh, yeah. Tale as old as time. No. Uh, when we were doing Sabrina, mm-hmm. um, the show was canceled, which I think everybody was fine with that. Like we were sort of done. And, and then you go into pilot season and I thought I was going to just go right on to another series and I didn't and then the relationship ended with the person I thought I was going to marry and then my dad got cancer and so all three of these things happened like boom 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 and I went from having this life where I had everything that I wanted and to nothing making sense anymore and so everything was sort of pulled you know the rug was pulled out from under me and I went through this whole period of 
grief, obviously, in, in my dad's passing, and it happened very quickly. He was mm. diagnosed, and then he died within five months. Oh, gosh. It was really intense, and the process, you know, it was, anybody knows who's, who has gone through a terminal illness with someone. It gets, it's a very painful process, but he, in particular, was really angry and did not want to, like, was unrelenting in his um you know, commitment to staying alive when he was clearly not going to make it. So it was a really challenging time for our, my family. And um, I just went into this period where he, I had these dreams where he came to me after he passed in these visitation dreams, which are very different from regular dreams. And it helped me to, one, really heal through my, my, my grief and also really helped me to reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. Like, what do I really want to do? Mm -hmm. Do I want to keep being an actress? Do I want to live here? Do I, what, how do I want to spend my time? And I really recalibrated and Mm -hmm. I have always been a writer. And so, um, I really started writing as more of like a therapeutic thing for myself. And then it turned into, oh my gosh, I want to write a book. And I wanted to write the book it started as a book years ago. Mm-hmm. And then people said, well, you're a performer. You should do it as a play. Or So I wrote it as a one-woman show, and I did it at the Geffen, at the Audrey Skirball, as a benefit. And it was this overwhelmingly positive response. And in that moment, I realized, oh, this is like the kind of stuff that I want to do. This is what I want to do. I want to touch people in this way mm-hmm. and have them have that experience of laughing and crying and sharing their stories. And so, you know, knowing then, they're not alone, knowing exactly. that you're not alone. Yeah. Yes. But then, you know, when you tell your agent, I'd like to. <laughs> tour a play Mm. just me Mm -hmm. around the country they were like can i please get a witness like can we just can we just get back to doing a tv show you know i'm like uh sure but i want to do so it just i really shifted my entire focus and then i started to write the book and then i got the book deal and and the film i had written uh, written it as a film as well that was we were trying to kind of get um financing but then the book deal came first and now the film is in development officially um that i'm going to direct you're directing it yeah i mean what i mean that's so i i can't even imagine like okay well i'm writing this book and then ah there you go (laughs) well it is a weird there was this moment when i realized oh people are going to read this book yeah (laughs) you know because it's very personal and um, but that was really my intention that it's so isolating when we're going through these kinds of challenges, grief in particular, but, and it's such a specific experience for everyone, but there is this commonality that you, it needs to be shared with other people, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's, you can feel so isolated. And I, that period of time, I felt like Nobody knows what to say, so they don't say anything. They act like it's not happening, which is the worst thing to do. Because they just bury it all yes. down. Yeah. And then you feel delegitimized. You feel like you're crazy for being so sad, you know, or being so incapable of functioning. Mm-hmm. And um, so it became really important to me to be, to share that kind of intimacy and mm-hmm. also 
because it's also very funny. Like the book is very funny too, because we're, I mean, life is funny and death is sometimes funny. It's like horrible and it's weird and it's extraordinary. And sometimes it's funny, you know, are you, are you, or do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Oh, for sure. Yes. Like uh, holistic and whatnot? Yes. Or like so very... I would say I was raised Catholic. Uh-huh. And I, even in college, when I was uh, living in New York City, I would get up in the mornings and go. I was living in the West Village, and I would go to the this little chapel on Houston and, like, pray with the nuns. Now, I did not <laughs> believe in... I was no longer Catholic per se because uh-huh. I did not believe in what they were selling, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, I have a gay brother and when I, you know, understood at 16 or 17, I went, oh, so he's not okay. Like he can come in here, but he's a sinner. Like his life is, is, ruined. is not. Yeah, is banish ruined. him to the shadows. Yeah, I went, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. But I really wanted that uh, spiritual sort of connection. So I would still go with the nuns and it was nice because no one talked. So it wasn't like they were, it wasn't like they were saying to me, yeah. get your gay brother in here yeah. so we can help, you know. No one uh, loves a chatty nun. Nobody you know? loves a chatty nun. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> so I think from that time, I've always been, my spiritual life has been evolving and I've studied some Buddhism and that, like I, that's probably the closest to any kind of organized religion that I, uh, would subscribe to but this whole experience was for sure a, a spiritual experience for me where it, it changed my whole life mm-hmm. you know and um it for the absolutely for the better and uh so that part of it you know I really came to this understanding that when someone dies they don't leave us no never they are just in another dimension in another way like I feel very close to my dad and more so than when he was alive, which if really? somebody had told me that, I would say that they were crazy. But, well, because we were such different people. I mean, he was like an executive at AT&T. He did not understand what I did, you know. Every month, it was like, okay, so you've been doing this, like, hobby. And you're not <laughs> famous yet, so, like, let's get oh, real. You uh-huh. know, like, let's get a real job. Let's go to school for, and then I said, no, I want to go to college. I want to go to college to be an educated actor. And he was like, God help me, you yeah. know. Like, he, so we we just didn't really under he didn't understand me, and I felt like so much of that last period of his his life was me wanting to remedy that to feel like now we're gonna understand each other, you know, we're gonna have that great moment where he's on his deathbed and he tells me how much he understands who I am and I all that. Like, no, we had none of that. We didn't get any of that, you know. But after he passed, I feel like I have that now. Like mm-hmm. I have this understanding that through the dreams that I've had, but also just from kind of going through this grief process and understanding more about it, that I really do feel that he understands me and he's so proud of me now, you know? And uh, so it's, it, it was revelatory for me. Yeah, you mentioned visitation dreams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I have visitation dreams too. Really? Yeah. It's weird. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And it's totally different than a dream. It's not that like, <clears throat> oh, it feels like I'm awake. and No, it's like, oh, I'm just in another, I am having a, like it's the most saturated feeling. and Yeah, it's like a saturated, like honest feeling. Yes. Like there's no like, like. 
you know, I've had them with my grandmother. I've had them with um, somebody that I was really close to, like over a past, like the past decade, mm. and and some change who mm-hmm. passed away in twenty twenty one. Um, and yeah, like I'm just kind of like, I'll be in the dream and then all of a sudden like they'll pop in and it's Mm -hmm. not like a remorse or like a, Oh, what could I have done or anything? It's just kind of like, Hey, (laughs) what's going on? It's just like, we just pick up where we left off and, but there's no like, and now a warning. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It feels very, uh, uh, you just, it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like when you know, when you're having one. <clears throat> and when you're not, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really, really powerful. And has this experience uh, helped you with your daughter? Like how to... Yes. So like, she's super intuitive, first of all. Which, yeah. And she, she's 10 years old. And um, Scarlet? She, Scarlet is Scarlet. her name. And when she was maybe uh, four was when I first started to write the... Um, the uh, the film version of this, mm-hmm. and I had gotten uh, connected with a producer who is still the the actual producer now, um, and we had thought he thought that we had the financing like immediately, and he said this is so unusual, this like never happens like this, this will be the first time in the history of my career that something has come together so quickly, and then of course it didn't come together right, and I got the call that it didn't that, that it had fallen through, and I started crying, and she was sitting at the counter with me. And she was just looking at me and then I'm like, no, it's okay. And she didn't know what I was, she didn't know what I was talking about, who I was talking to. What you were going she, through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she went into the kitchen drawer. In the back of the drawer was a watch that was my dad's that I have kept. And I just never knew what to do with it. And we had just moved into this place and I put it in the kitchen drawer. She just opened the kitchen drawer, took it out. And she was like, here, do you want this? And I started and I just went, Oh, and she had no idea. No, no. She just and I am telling you, I've had a psychic tell me various things about her that my dad like held her before she was, you know, her soul was given to me. And I mean, this is the other thing. You're going to love my book, by the way. Yes, I want to read it. My mom is hilarious and she's very, uh, very flighty and up here. Mm -hmm. And then we'll say these like devastating things like she, you know, left me a mess. I was driving to L.A. from San Francisco and she's like, oh, you know, just called called me back. And she said, oh, I knew there was something I forgot to tell you. (laughs) She's like this psyche that we talked to. So she said that, you know, she held Scarlet, that that your dad held Scarlet before she was given to you. And then she's like telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, what? I'm like driving (laughs) off the side of the freeway. Like what? She said, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, it was real great. You know, like, see you soon. Like chatting, you know, she's very. Yes, she does crazy things like that all the time. Um, But my daughter is really in tune with all of that. And I've said to her, you know, she just, she is very connected to all of that. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, um, do you ever, because another psychic said to me, she is, she is very connected and she talks to your dad and she talked and she said, you need to allow her to know that it's okay, that it's, this is, it's okay to do this. So I said to her one day, you know, do you, um, do you ever talk to Grandpa Jack? And she like looked at me like this out of the corner of her eye as if I was going to say like, something bad about it. Like she's in trouble it. or yes, something? Yes, yes. Yeah. And she said, sometimes. 
And I said, that's great. You know, it, that's, you can always talk to him and I talk to him too. And, you know, she, it's, it's confusing for mm-hmm. a child, right? And we have a very dear friend who um, very tragic, tragically lost a child in, two years ago. And Scarlett is very connected to this boy. And she did not really know him. We know the parents, she did not really know him in this life but she is like I she asks me all of these questions like how do you know if you're talking to the spirit and they're telling you the truth like she's super dialed in Mm -hmm. and it's so I just talk to her you know we talk about our dreams all the time and um you know and then also then she'll be like and I'm gonna go play soccer you know like it's very (laughs) it's sort of uh so we normalize it yeah I normalize it for her so that she feels supported um but I think sometimes it's overwhelming for her because not everybody, it's not like she's going to school and they're talking about this at school, you right. know? Um, so it can be a lot, I think. But it's also, it's just great that you can talk to your kids. Imagine that. Yes. Ima- talking Please. to your children. Amen, right? Educating your children. <laughs> yeah, oh. imagine that. That's we so, well, I'm glad that she's like, like comfortable with it and she's not like, whatever, you know, yeah, <laughs> so like, like, and that's, and that's, that's such a like special thing. Yeah. And it's like I when you can is. embrace that at an early age and, yep. you know, tell a kid like, Hey, it's okay. Like sometimes you'll, you'll feel things and like, you'll yes. get like little sensations. And I was the same way. My mom did the same thing with me when I was a kid and it's kind of made me aware to like different you know, elements. Like sometimes I'll like think, and I'm not like saying like, I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, you know, but I'm just like, I can see something or like, like a breeze will hit me and I can just be like, gotcha. I can, you know, I I see you. Like I had a moment where I went camping and it was this camping spot that my friend and I always went to, the one that passed. And we got there really early to like claim the spot. Mm -hmm. We were really nervous because there were people already there. And we were like, oh, what if they're not leaving that day? Whatever. And there was just this hummingbird Mm, that just like. The hummingbirds. Just sat there. Like not even like a hummingbird's like. This one was just suspended like a drone and was just like looking at us. And we were like, hi. And like, and then like. Then the people came up from the camping spot and they're like, oh, yeah, we're leaving right now. Do you guys want, you know, if y'all want to bring stuff down? And we were like. That was our friend telling yes, us, like, hey, we got it. It's we cool. Got it. It's so weird. Hummingbirds are, it's so that is 100%. My dad shows up as a hummingbird, as does our friend's little boy. And anytime, the whole time I was doing press for the book, a lot uh-huh. of it was on Zoom. So I was doing it in at my desk. And outside of the window, <clears throat> we had just moved into this house. Um, it was this beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. and But it's like high up mm-hmm. you know it's on the second floor but the floor's high so it's like it, with a bedroom it's, it's just high up and anytime I was doing press like the the hummingbird would come and sit and the same thing like just sit there really yep and then but and then if I would ever bring it up like oh my dad would come it's like he would fly away like he's like laughing going nope I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna be your uh don't point uh, me out exactly <laughs> yeah. this is for you it and you alone so, and I and there was an, another um it happens so much. The hummingbirds are really, are, I, I feel like, are the messengers. Oh, yeah, for sure. For Little yeah. magical things, yes. aren't they? Yes. But it's. Yes. I want to go back to your daughter because this was uh, really funny because it was, I think, I think you had posted this, mm-hmm. how you had to keep the Super Bowl commercial oh, yes. under wraps. <laughs> yes, and they put it at Us <laughs> Weekly in the interview, yeah. yes. What happened with so that? She, so, first of all, 
you know, anybody, you're always trying to make yourself seem cool to your kids. And yeah. it's like an impossibility. And um, <laughs> so she had said to me another little psychic thing a year ago, why can't you get a job with Rakuten? Because Rakuten is the main sponsor for the Golden State Warriors, the basketball team. And okay. we are huge Warrior fans. My daughter's super into sports. And her favorite player is Clay Thompson. Like all, And I said, Rakuten, because that's not, it's like a digital shopping company. Like I don't, that's not what I do. And she's like, well, can't you just get a job with them? And I said, no. And I'm like, and meanwhile, I do some pretty cool stuff. Like if you, if you know. <laughs> You're like, let me tell you about Hollywood, Yeah, kid. let me tell you about Hollywood. <laughs> and uh, so... Then, lo and behold, this in the fall, they uh, call me and, you know, they uh, uh, make the offer, et cetera, et cetera. And I told her, well, guess what? I'm going to be doing a commercial for the Super Bowl. So being associated with the Super Bowl, super cool to her. Yeah, good. And with Rakuten, and I knew, I'm like, we, I, hopefully they will get us to a game or, you know, do something special. So she was ecstatic about this. And I said, but you can't, you can't tell anyone because we all had assigned NDAs, et cetera. Um, so I said, don't tell anybody at school. Like, I'll, I'll tell you when you can, but it won't be till like January. And so she said, okay. And then she came home from school and she said, so I told, I didn't tell anybody. I just said, my mom is doing something, but I can't tell you what it is because it's illegal. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Okay, so now I'm in the pickup line and all the parents are like, Scarlett's mom is a criminal. You know, like, I knew she was weird and now we She's know She's selling why. dope. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's not quite what I said. <laughs> Wait, were people, yeah. did like the school like no. call you? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but she just, you know, and kids talk and then they're all like, oh, Scarlett's mom. Oh, okay. Scarlett's mom's doing something illegal. Yeah, she might be in prison. <laughs> you know? She sounds like an awesome kid. She's the greatest. Ugh. She really is. She's a super cool, really kind kid. Like she has, she has a really good heart and she's smart and she definitely is on her own program, which mm -hmm. I love so much because that's what um, I was like and am like in many uh, ways. So yeah, she's awesome. Oh, that's great. Now, um, yeah, so she's she's ten. Mm -hmm. uh, this came out or Clueless came out. Let's see, when I was fifteen. Yeah, so um, she hasn't seen it yet. She still hasn't seen it? No, no one has seen this I mean, movie. She's, no one has seen Am this I movie. Am I the weirdo? Am I just like in the shirt and just like, yes. No. Yeah. Goodness, you are not alone. No, sir. Do you still keep in touch with the cast? or Only like, with Donald. He's the Only one. with Donald. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he and I are friends and we, we communicate. But I hadn't seen Alicia. Um, There's always, you know... Uh, something some yeah. anniversary some and um one year the film opened the la film festival and i feel like that might have been the last time that i saw her and i had my daughter i think my daughter was maybe two or three and um before that we did a a, a photo shoot for entertainment weekly but i think that that was before that was like the reunion special yes one? Yeah. yes 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 i love mm -hmm. those episodes or those issues that was fun yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like the the soundtrack alone is just awesome. I mean, I know it's so good. Kids in America. I mean, yep. rolling with the homies. <laughs> oh, like so iconic, yeah. and it's just such a great movie. And it was so wonderful having you. And this um, is so I'm, fun. I I'm loved glad. It. Thank you again for coming in, and I can't wait to of read your, read your book. I think you're really going to. 
appreciate it. Yeah, and I want... Given what you've said, I think you will. I'm totally down. It's Wake Me When You Leave. Make sure to get a copy of it mm-hmm. wherever books are sold. Yes. And, and I can't the wait. There's also the audiobook. I there's read. A... I read the audiobook. So okay, cool. you want to hear my voice for a couple of hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Elisa Donovan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was super fun. Good. Thank I'm you. glad. And we'll see you next time on Just Saying with Justin Martindale. Bye.